In a world filled with big sports companies and high-end production podcasts comes a group of guys who paid five bucks for this intro. Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Eat Sleep Fantasy presented by Fantrax. For all our listeners who are looking for a place to uh, do their mock drafts, we're having mock drafts with the listeners a few times a week now on Fantrax. So if if you're interested in signing up for that, Go to eatsleepfantasy.com and fill out the form on the page. So, you know, get ready for your actual drafts with some mock drafts. Um, we've got a great episode for you guys tonight. Or, you know, do we uh, ever not have a great episode? Uh, probably overselling it there. We, I don't think we've ever had a great episode. Um, you know, we're going to get you updated on a lot of training camp stories, talk to you guys about some injuries, and uh, answer a bunch of listener questions in a mailbag. But before we do any of that, <clears throat> I want to introduce the guys. I'm Christian Brito. My name is Jeff. I actually remember to say it this time. You can follow me on Twitter at CBritoFantasy. And with me now, we've got uh, Armando Crespo. What's up, Armando? Armando Armando What's up, guys? I just want to apologize to all my fans out there. I'm in the middle of moving, so my life's it's a fucking fuck. <laughs> I'm, looking at, I'm looking at you, Mike H. He's the only <laughs> um, but yeah, follow me at Thunder Crespo on everything. All formats. Everything. All right. You can follow him at Thunder Crespo, like you said. And also joining us tonight is intern Rich. What's up, Richard? Are you talking? Shut up, Richard. Hey, what's going on? I'm not moving. I'm perfectly fine here. All right. Um, and yeah, if you want to follow the intern, you can follow me at Rich underscore fantasy. Lazy ass. Awesome. I'm not moving anywhere. And um, if you want to follow our show, best place to do so is on Twitter at EatSleepFF. So, yeah. Listen, guys, we, we really want to thank you for joining us for another episode. We're excited that our audience seems to be growing with every podcast that we release. For those of you that are joining us for the first time, we just want to say thank you for listening. We're just a group of guys that are lovers of football, all things fantasy, Sweaty men tackling each other down to the ground, whatever. Um, so ins- if you're into that sort of thing, uh, please stick around. All right. So let's go ahead and get to some questions of the day because we've gotten a ton of questions. But I want to ask you guys some of my own. Um, Armando, let's start with your mock draft episode from Vegas. Were you a little drunk or? Armando, don't answer would... that. Don't answer that. What happened in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> That's entrapment. Back to it. <laughs> Yep, I was completely sober. Right, sure. <laughs> All right, fine. You know, kind of wanted the listeners to know whether or not the rumors well, listen, were true. Listen, if, when you're staying at the Circus Circus, you kind of have to be a little bit drunk to make it bearable, <laughs> right? <laughs> we're having a good time. I'm not saying we we're drunk. I'm not saying what we we're doing, but we were good. All right. Okay, so let's get into a serious question because I've been thinking about this more and more as the offseason goes on. Do you guys think that running backs as a whole are being undervalued in drafts this year? I don't think they're I being think... I don't think they're being undervalued. I mean, I think people are just still a little gun shy because of what happened last year. So many running backs going down and so many running backs underperforming. People want to try to go ahead and shore up in the beginning of the draft 
the players that they feel more confident in actually performing at where they're being drafted. Yeah, I don't think running backs are being undervalued. I think wide receivers are being overvalued in a ridiculous way. Having three wide receivers going in the first round is unprecedented. I think that's ridiculous. You got Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Antonio Brown, and A.J. Green. There's just too many wide receivers going in the first round. I think that's just stupid. And I disagree. Yeah, if, I mean, four wide receivers in the first round, that's that's fine. You know, I, I would say if there's any quarterbacks going in the first two rounds, that that's, that, that that's where you got to draw the line there. Running backs and wide receivers go crazy in the first two rounds. Um, if I'm if it's me and I had the setup, I think the first round should be six wide receivers and six running backs. Second round, you have at the very beginning of the second round, I would draft the first tight end, and then the first quarterback would come off the board late third, early fourth. Yep. I, I'm thinking standard, which is ten usually. You know, I think three guys are okay, maybe. Then you got running backs and a maybe a quarterback and a tight end. Okay. All right. All right. Well, as far as news, we got a lot of a lot of things to discuss here. Uh, we'll start off in Miami. Then uh, we're all three from Miami. We're big Dolphins fans, and when Arian Foster came into town, we thought it was just going to be great. And last nope. week, we I did. Ourselves. I did. I I was happy with that. But last week, nope. last week Adam Gase he said that Arian Foster he's going to be taking all the first team reps for the entire preseason. And then today, the first the the first depth chart came out from the Dolphins, and it actually shows Jay Ajayi. Being in the number one spot for running backs, and Arian Foster behind him, uh, well, how does that look for you guys? What, what do you feel about that? I mean, I'm glad I'm not drafting my team tomorrow. I would stay away from the Dolphins completely as far as running back goes. But you know, it's 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 August. Who gives a shit right now? We'll worry about it when the time comes when we see some preseason action. Everyone's actually running the ball. Exactly. So, I mean, I, the, the the first depth chart really. I mean, that's it's not going to really matter much come a month and a half from now when the season – well, about a month from now when the season actually starts. Like you said, Armando, we'll see how they do in preseason. That's really going to determine who's going to be the guy. My opinion on this is that one of these two guys in an Adam Gase offense where he tends to feature one running back, um, my opinion is that one of these guys is going to end up being a very nice draft value and the other guy is going to end up being a bust. And right now, we're just not sure who's who. My money's on. In my opinion, I'm, I'm, in my opinion, you stay away from both the guys. They both have injury injuries in the past. I just draft King and Drake last round. Move on. You'll have a guy at the end of the season. Okay. All right. Well, um, the Cleveland Browns also they announced today that Robert Griffin is going to be the starting quarterback. Any surprise there? Not really. Not a surprise, and I don't give a shit. Not, I'm staying away from them anyways. Um, I think the, the reason why this is noteworthy is because right now Gary Barnage has to drop in my rankings because <laughs> RG3 just doesn't throw it to the tight end. Um, it might actually make me bump up Corey Coleman and uh, Duke Johnson a little bit based on uh, running quarterback helps that running offense a little bit more. And, you know, he tends to zone in on that one wide receiver. Like I mentioned in a previous pod, I mean, there was a season where Pierre Garçon led the league in targets because RG3 was his quarterback. He focuses on one guy. He's a one-read type of quarterback. If that guy's not open, he's going to run. So (laughs) that's basically what RG3 is. So I think uh, Corey Coleman for the first four weeks will have some value and um, that the rushing offense will definitely be fine if, if RG3 is the starter. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, whoever I, the running. Go ahead, Armando. I was just gonna say whoever the running back is is actual starter. I'm drafting, you know, in the twelfth round or so. I think they'll have great value. It's a great value as well. Draft a starting running back, so. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see RG3 perform well. He has shown in the past that he can be fantasy relevant. I mean, in 2012, he had about 22 points per game. And in 2013, he had 18.5 points per game. If we were to compare that to last year's performance among quarterbacks, he would have finished at number two among quarterbacks with 22 points per game. And uh, just outside the top 12, his 18.5 that he did in 2013. Uh, you know, as far as the Gary Barnage, I'm with you on that. I had him about seven or eight among tight ends. I dropped him down to 12 now, not because RG3 isn't, you know, really a good quarterback. It's more just like you said, he doesn't throw to his tight end. I think you guys are reading into the past too much. He's been on the bench for a while. Things have changed. You never know. I I wouldn't change my rankings right now until I see what he does in the preseason. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't crazy high on Barnage to begin with, and I just – I just think there's better options now. All right. Yeah. All right. In other news then, Washington Redskins are going to move forward with a running back by committee. GM Scott McLaughlin was quoted saying that it is going to be a two-headed monster in the backfield and that, in fact, a three-headed monster isn't a bad idea either. He has been praising Keith Marshall on his performance so far. So what does this mean for Matt Jones? It means I'm not drafting Matt Jones. It means I'm not drafting any running back over there in Washington. Um, I think it means that I'm probably going to get Matt Jones at even more of a value now. Um, I really don't like the guys behind him. And I think, you know, pretty much you can get up Matt Jones as your flex running back right now. And if he drops any further, then you're getting a starting running back for a pretty damn good value on a fairly decent offense. So, yeah, I like him. The value has to be pretty good in order for me to take him. I mean, if, if I'm considering starting a running back in my team, I really don't want that dreaded C word to be in the mix whenever he's mentioned running back by committee because it cunt. Can... <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. no, I don't. I think that's when we have to actually bleep. <laughs> Damn um, it! Wait, Brito, real Sorry. quick. You have Matt Jones at 25. Can I give you some names? Sure. Matt Jones or Giovanni Bernard? I'll take Bernard. I'll take Matt Jones. Wow. Jonathan Stewart or Matt Jones? I'll take Jonathan yep, Stewart. Yeah, Stu. Amir Abdullah or Matt Jones? I'll take Matt Jones. That's a tough Christ one. I don't I'll, pro- know I'll, I'll probably take Matt Jones there too. I don't know how you do this, Brito. Matt Jones at 24. Jesus Christ. You have Thomas Rawls ranked below him as well thomas rawls i need to move up because the news that we uh we're gonna have later on in the episode but that was because i'm just scared to death of him being on the pup i think uh considering you guys have matt jones ranked around 24 i think chris thompson's a way better value i think um yeah he's a way better value (laughs) i don't even think you guys have him ranked to be honest of course i have him ranked he, he's a way better value. He's, I have him ranked 64. You have him ranked 54. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's ridiculous. He has just as opportunity as uh, Matt Jones and showing some bursts last year. I'd rather have Chris Thompson right now at that va- with that value being considered. Okay. All right, well, moving on then to another running back news. Uh, Ravens head coach John Harbaugh actually reported that Justin Forsett, he's quietly having an excellent camp, and that he looks like he did two years ago. 
Uh, two years ago, of course, he was a Pro Bowl running back. He had over 1,200 yards rushing and eight touchdowns, and he averaged over 5.4 yards per carry. Uh, what do you guys think about that news? No, I'm not drafting him either. <laughs> He's currently ranked, what, 36 for me, 40 for you, Burrito? Well, why, why wouldn't you be drafting him, though? He's old. There's young talent behind him, and if the Bron- if the Baltimore Ravens want to build for the future, they're not going to play Justin Forsett. Okay, but what what do you think has changed from last year to this year? I mean, yeah, he got he, was, he, he got injured last year, but he, it he was pretty bad last year when he had the ball. Devorius Allen showed some sort of burst. They drafted a rookie. I I rather just stay away from Justin Forsett. I I don't see the value in him right now. He wasn't really that bad last year. I mean, if he had played the full year, he would have been one of the only running backs to reach over one thousand yards. He would have been at about 1,100 rushing yards last year. You could say that about any running back. If LaDainian Tomlinson played all 60 games last year, he would have had 1,000 yards. He didn't. He's old. I'm staying away. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, I think Forsett was actually pretty good when he was healthy. He averaged 9.1 fantasy points in a standard, 12.2 in a PPR um, in the 10 games that he played. <clears throat> That's including the game that he left with his broken arm. Um for me, Forsett is the tail end of the starting running backs, and he's that's exactly where he belongs because he's old. He probably will get injured, and he probably will lose his job towards the end of the year. But he's a guy, for example, if you draft Le'Veon Bell early and you need a late-round guy to fill in for those first four weeks, he's a guy that I might target, actually. Yeah. In that, in that scenario, I'd, I would I would agree with you. I mean, I've got I've got Forsett right now, lowest among all of you guys. I have him at number forty. Uh, I'm probably going to be moving that up if I see a little bit more out of him too. So, yeah, you got you have him at thirty nine, Armando Brito. You have him at thirty six. Yep. Tony is right there at the, the end of what I think is a flexible, you know, running back three. Yeah. All right, well, moving on then to the Minnesota Vikings, Laquan Treadwell, he's actually been practicing more with the second team. What do you guys think that means for him this year? Well, I think that just means that he's a rookie, and that means that uh, Stefan Diggs is having a ridiculously great camp, um, especially according to um, one of the beat reporters for for the Vikings, uh, Matt Vincent. Uh, He's saying that Stefan Diggs is just a highlight reel in camp. So um, for me... I kind of want to believe that maybe Diggs will be the guy this year, but I think it's just a rookie getting adapted to the NFL, and uh, Laquan Treadwell will probably end the season as the one simply because of touchdowns. He'll probably end up with six or seven. Um, That offense is not a great passing offense, and I'll probably just avoid that passing game altogether. Yeah, Steph Diggs last year, I mean, from weeks four to seven, he he was pretty pretty badass last year in in that little period. I mean, he had 8.5 points in Week 4, 12.9 points in Week 5. He had 17 points in Week 6, and then another 16 points in Week 7. So he had that little stretch there where he was really good. I know you were pretty high on him last year, Armando. But towards the end of the year, as more time went on, he pretty much trailed off. Yeah, as the Vikings did as well. What do you yep. mean they, they finished 11-5 and five last year and won the division? Yeah, but they kind of slowed down. Their offense slowed down towards the end of the season last year. All right, okay. Okay, any any other thoughts then on Laquan Treadwell? Yeah, I'm not drafting him. I think he stays exactly where he was. I kind of expect this kind of news to come out about rookies. Most of the time, they just need to adapt to the NFL. So it's basically, you know, par for the course. 
All right. Well, let's go ahead and talk about some injury updates. Then we do have some good news here, uh, at least for these players and those uh, those of us that are looking to draft them. Sammy Watkins, he was activated off of the pup. He passes physical, so he's going to be working out with the team now. Is he somebody you'd be targeting now, Armando, or is this another one of the players that you're just not going to be drafting? Um, I'll draft him as number two wide receiver, but he's going as number one wide receiver, and I'm not taking him there. No way, no how. I, too much injury concern. He's not 100% healthy. I'm just not going to bother with that shit. Not worth the trouble. Okay, you have... You have Sammy Watkins right now as the 25th wide receiver. I'm currently the highest at number 17. You're right. He, if he is being drafted as a wide receiver one, which I don't really see that happening much, but if he is being drafted that high, then it is too high. You're right about that. Brito, anything you want to add in on that? Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm quickly pulling up his ADP so we can kind of see where he's going. And he's going at uh, wide receiver 15 right now. So ahead of where any of us have him ranked or any of us probably feel comfortable drafting him. That being said, my biggest concern all offseason has been Sammy Watkins' health. If I continue to see him, like I've said before, cutting and planting. I mean, he was taken off the pup and, you know... Same day, he's out running routes, catching deep balls, looking incredible in practice already. So um, if he's healthy to start the season, he'll probably be in my, you know, top if, half of wide receiver two. So anywhere between 14 to 16 for me. Okay, here's my question for you, Brito or Richard. Who would you rather have in a six-game span, Josh Gordon or Sammy Watkins next year? Sammy Watkins, that's not even remotely close. Yeah, Richard. I'm going to have to go Watkins as well because we don't know what Josh Gordon is going to give us yet. Josh Gordon's fat. Yeah, he is. Josh, is he fat? He is. Josh Gordo. <laughs> All right, fine. Moving on. I, I was going to see if we could do uh, put it on the board, but never mind. You what? what you're, are you going with Josh Gordon then? I was. I All was, right, then. So we can still. So so we can still make a bet. All right, yeah, let's I'll do, take that bet. Six game span. What six? Which six games? Okay, so so we'll we'll say from weeks five. Through eleven, no week six through twelve. Why? Because you want to give him one game to come back. Oh, because you don't want him to, against the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Andy it is. Probably thinks Sammy Watkins will be injured in one of those weeks. Exactly. <laughs> he's not going to play the full season. I'm picking six games out of Sammy Watkins, and I'm guessing he's going to miss somewhere in the middle of it. Why not just go points per game basis then on the bet? Yeah, that makes sense. Points per game basis. Points per game. Do- because uh, Sammy Watkins has some has like three monster games and does nothing the rest of the season that will boost his uh, points per game pretty high. Those three games are going to fall within those six games. I, bet. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> all right, moving I'll, on. Moving all on. Right. All right, Eric Ebron. Obviously, we thought that he he suffered a pretty significant injury over the weekend. Turns out he didn't. He had a pretty severe sprain though, but he he's going to be okay, guys. So I mean, if you if anybody moved them down on their rankings. Uh, you might want to reconsider that, seeing as how he, he looks like he's going to be okay and he's going to start the season. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I just read Richard's notes that he put in for the pod, and it's the next guy we're going to talk about, which is <laughs> Julian Edelman. <laughs> and he put Julian Edelman off the pup, now on the fully grown dog list. <laughs> <laughs> Such a bad joke. <laughs> That, that's like uh, I got the inspiration there from Greg Cody's random evidence of a cluttered mind. He would have little one-liners like that. It's pretty funny. 
All right. Okay. I'm sorry. Ebron. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about Ebron yesterday um, that we were going to keep posted on, on the injury because first it seemed like something serious. They carted him off the field. There was concerns it would be his Achilles. Now it's just looking like it's a pretty bad, you know, ankle sprain or, you know. So <clears throat> if he can be healthy for the start of the season and all signs point towards that, I think he's a pretty high upside tight end that I'm willing to take late in drafts. Yeah, I mean, right now I have him as number 13 among tight ends. Um, you know, but like you said, he's got pretty good upside. Uh, history tells us that tight ends usually break out in their third season. And like we talked about in the last podcast, this will be Eric Ebron's third season. And, you know, Matthew Stafford finished last year really good. Um, so, I, you know, I buy, I'll buy in on him. If I have to select him at the end of a draft as my tight end, I wouldn't be upset with that. Yeah, I have him currently ranked as the number nine tight end, and I do not. I will not be surprised if he finishes somewhere in the top six. Yep, I have him in my top ten already too. I I moved Gary Barnage out and uh, Eric Ebron in, so <clears throat> he's at my nine as well. Yeah. All right, All right. and uh, of course, just like Brito said, Julian Edelman is now off of the pup list. He's on the fully grown dog list. You guys feeling a little more comfortable with him for the first four weeks of the season, or you're still tempering expectations until Tom Brady comes back? I'm tempering expectations, but I'm still drafting him where he's being drafted. Uh, he's he's a target monster. Oh, where's he being drafted right now? Uh, he's a number two wide receiver going off the board right now. Um, Julian Edelman is currently the number twenty one wide receiver off the board. All right, so uh, low end, low end uh, wide receiver. Twenty twenty three in a standard. That's really good, actually. He's been yeah. dropping quite a bit. Um, I mean, he's going behind Randall Cobb. I'll take Edelman. Decker. He's going behind Decker. I'll take Decker in a heartbeat. Um, well, let's take Rankin. Decker over Edelman. His, 80, his ADP right now is 20th, though. But he's um he's he's in the group of guys. He's going right ahead of uh, Randall Cobb and Doug Baldwin. Would you rather have him over those guys? Definitely. It's Tom Brady. His number one target his number one wide receiving target. I'm taking Edelman. I'd be I'd be more comfortable probably taking Baldwin, um, nah. and not Cobb. Like I said before, you look at you look at Doug Baldwin's numbers consistently. He's an 800 yard, four touchdown guy. You do not want Baldwin. He's overvalued. Go for Tyler Lockett. Drafting going way later than him. Yeah, I think um, I think he's no, going right. exactly where he should. Right in that group of guys, right in right behind, in front of those guys. I would take him right in front of Randall Cobb, right in front of Doug Baldwin. Um, <clears throat> I think that's exactly where he belongs because he is probably going to be taking a small hit in those first four games. I think that he's going to be the player in the offense that's the most affected by Brady being gone. But uh, once Brady comes back, he should be his regular self and be close to 100 catches for the season. Yeah. All right. I love him. All right. So moving on, then Jordan Matthews, he actually just uh... – recently you know, suffered a, an injury there. He had a bone bruise in his knee. The expected recovery time right now is anywhere from two to four weeks. You guys think this is going to affect his draft stock any? Oh, yeah. And, you know, man, Jordan Matthews is going to be a ridiculous draft value. If you think about the guy, I mean, he had, what was it, 997 yards last year, so just shy of 1,000 yards. He's been pretty much 1,006, 1,007 in his first two years. Um, he he's going to be drafted as a wide receiver three, um, and for if for people that go receiver early, he might be a bench guy. And to think that that's where Jordan Matthews is going, 
That's a great value because this is not a, an injury that's going to linger. Yeah, 9.2 points per game from a wide receiver on my bench. I'll take that. Yeah, I'm, I'm targeting him as a flex for me, definitely. All right. I like, I like his value already, so if he dips at all, it's going to it's going to be great. All right, and then for the Chicago Bears, Alshon Jeffrey did return back to practice today. He missed the Bears' first few practices due to a mild hamstring strain. He was back with teammates earlier today. He did have some nagging injuries last year. He's still trying to get that big long-term contract, um, so he's going to be eager to go back onto the field and, and you know be consistent with the reps and actually have time on the field as opposed to being on the, on the sidelines. What do you guys think about Sean Jeffrey? I love him. I don't care. I'm taking him wherever I, wherever I can. Brito, are you there? I'm sorry. I'm still focused on Jordan Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just impressed, man. I'm 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 sorry. I know we moved on probably a little bit too quick. The guy has scored eight touchdowns his first two seasons. He's basically had, you know, almost, almost a thousand, thousand yards in each of those seasons too. Yeah. <clears throat> He's incredibly productive in first two years. I know the quarterback situation is shaky. Um, just like the guy a lot. Um, as far as Alshon, um, he's back at practice. If he and if he's healthy, uh, my only concern is don't rush him back. You know what I mean? Don't make make sure he's healthy. But he seems fine. So. If he's healthy, and I've already, you know, looked at his track record, it was just seemed to be a one-year type of deal. Um, if he's back on track, he, he's worth. He's a guy that's high points per game, and when he's in there, you play him no matter what. Yeah, the same thing you, you said about. Go ahead, and I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, because I'm transitioning here. So if you want to talk about Austin Jeffrey, go for it. I was just gonna say he's currently going as a tenth wide receiver. I mean, I, I would feel more comfortable just because he has a little bit of an injury history. Him going as my high end number two wide receiver versus a number one. Um, I just don't see him carrying my, my wide receiving core personally, but I think he's good. I think he's fantastic. I'm just nervous about his injury history. He's not as bad as Sammy Watkins, but I'm still uh, weary about Alshon Jeffrey. I'm definitely going to take that in consideration when I'm drafting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what I was going to say is that you, you mentioned, you know, the most important thing that the Bears should do is to not rush Jeffrey back. And I was going to say that the same thing can be said about Lamar Miller because he sat out of Sunday's practice with an ankle injury. Now, he's going to be the guy when it comes time to run the ball. He's going to be the guy there. There's no reason for the Texans to rush him back. You know, if he needs a few, if he needs a little while to go ahead and get that, make sure that the ankle is 100%, then do so. You know, he's got an opportunity to be one of the best running backs in 2016. So just keep him on the sidelines. He doesn't need to perform in preseason. Let him rest and then bring him on when it's time to play. 100% agree. Holy shit, Brito. I just looked at your rankings. You have Adrian Peterson ranked five? Yep. Oh, that's for another episode. I would rather have Lamar Miller. I mean, I'm I not gonna, low. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue that. I mean, <clears throat> I have, I have Adrian Peterson number three, Lamar Miller number five. Um, yeah, I have Peterson two, I have Peterson one, Miller three. So I'm not gonna argue that too much. But Jesus I think Christ. it's pretty clear once Le'Veon Bell got that suspension, and that's something that we need to talk about because of the rumors. That Pittsburgh is saying, oh, he's probably not going to serve any time for a suspension. So keep an eye on that. We'll keep you posted on any other news from that. Um, but once Le'Veon Bell got suspended, the guys one through five, you can argue any single one of them to be your number one That's running true. back at this point. Except David Johnson. But yeah, I agree. <laughs> Except David Johnson. <laughs> I have him number two, so that's fine. Yeah, I think I have, I have him number three. I have him eight. No, actually, I have him two. Yeah. 
And to go ahead and finish off the injury report, of course, Thomas Rawls, who was on the pup, is no longer on the pup. He's on the full-grown dog list as well. Pass his physical there. I know that you're pretty low on him, Brito. I'm not as low on him. I have him at number, I believe, number 17 among running backs. He's somebody that I would love to have on my team as you know, a low-end RB2, high-end flex. What do you think about him? Um, listen, the joke was funny, but not when you tell it three times. It was the second <laughs> time you said it the first time. Well, okay, not when it's been told three times. So the listeners are just like, ha, ah, and then, huh. You know what, make okay, that shit shut a, up. Make, make, make it a Twitter poll, and we'll see what the fans say. I How many times it, can you tell a joke before it's funny? Once. <laughs> Once is the number. It, of- <laughs> it should be a segment, guys. I, I think can, it's a good segment. I can think of a few jokes where you laugh at more than once. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, yes. You know, Rawls has, has been a guy that I've been low on in the offseason just because I've genuinely be, been concerned about this ankle injury. When you think back to the season that RG3 had where – um, he struggled to come back so much. That was a dislocated ankle. And when you come back to Thomas Rawls now, and th- this is just some insight that we, we got on this pod, um, he broke his ankle, and he broke it nasty, and he's been struggling to come back. They took him off the pup, but he still hasn't started to practice. They're going to probably ease him in. Um, he was a beast last year, 5.6 yards per carry when he was playing. Uh, I think that he'll be just fine in that offense. The offensive line is not great. I think they're going to start to try to pass the ball more. I have to move him up. If he's healthy, I, I have to move up in my rankings. That was my biggest knock against him. He'll end up being in my top 20 in running backs, of course. But, um, you know, he's healthy. He'll be he'll be a guy that I'll draft, hopefully, as my RB2. I've seen people reach for him as their RB1. I would not feel comfortable doing that. I've done so much oh, where, where I've been able to get him as my flex. If you can get him as your flex, man, what? But it's, it's, well, it's, realistically, it's it's not going to happen. He's he's going to be drafted yeah. as an RB2. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in, in ADP, uh, Fantasy Pro's consensus ADP right now, Thomas Rawls, like I've said, I've seen a lot of people draft him as their one. He's going as the running back 13. I do not feel comfortable with him there. Yeah, that's still a little too early for me. I have him at number 17 myself. Yeah, and he'll probably be in that range where you're saying for me. Um, I'm, I got to look at my rankings today. Obviously, this news is just coming out, so it's going to be updated. He'll probably be in that 17 to 20 range for me. Yeah, he's he's number 16 right now for, for on my list. A few guys that I have ahead of him, I have Latavius Murray, C.J. Anderson, and Carlos Hyde ahead of him. If Thomas Rawls can prove that he is no longer affected by that ankle injury and he's 100%, I might consider then moving Thomas Rawls ahead of those guys. Okay. Yeah. Then you would have him as a top 15 running back. Yeah, I would have him as a top 15 running back at that point. Okay. Armando, any thoughts? I feel the same way about Thomas Rawls as I feel about David Johnson. He's only played a four-game span. They drafted a bunch of running backs behind to go what? to play behind Thomas Rawls. I'm staying away from Thomas Rawls. I don't feel like he's going to be a starting running back the entire season, if at all. He's injured. No reason to draft him as number two. He's if you get him as a flex, great. But there's other running backs I would like to target besides him, like Jeremy Hill has proven he can he can carry the load. Ryan Matthews are all going behind him. So I rather have those guys versus Thomas Rawls, who's just coming off an injury and a serious injury at that. Passionate Armando about Thomas Rawls. Armando Damn. Drop the motherfucking mic on Thomas Rawls. About time you give some input. Jesus. Damn. Sorry. My dog was crying. I, 
<laughs> All right. Well, that's just in time. Then we'll go ahead and we'll transition away from the news. We have a few listener email questions here that we want to go ahead and discuss. Emails and news. I don't know what the fuck the drop is. Emails and news. <laughs> how how was that? Yeah, that was good. Brito, go ahead and plug the website questions. All right, so before we get into the actual questions, I do want to let you guys know we are taking questions on Twitter all the time, but if you want to submit your question with a high probability of it getting read on the air, the best ways to do so are, one, voicemail questions. We're taking voicemail questions. If you want to submit them there, our number is 507-69-SLEEP, giggity. Um, You guys are children. Because I said giggity? All right. No, because he says 69. How yes. else would you read the number? Well, no, you did that on purpose because it's 69. I didn't set it up. Dale did. Dale's a child. But Armando County goes 65, 66, 67, 68, 70. Exactly. Not allowed to say 69 in this house. He doesn't. Yeah. Girlfriend is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's one way. Also, if you just want to submit a standard question on our website, eatsleepfantasy.com, go on the more tab. You can submit a question. But let's go ahead and get into some of these questions from our website. All right, so Ringo says, during the mock draft, Christian was pretty down on taking Don Brady at the 7th or 8th round, while Armando was really up for it. One of Armando's arguments that stuck with me was that the championship is won in the last four weeks of the season, not the first. And if our only goal in our league is to win the championship, then isn't Armando correct in insinuating that the last four weeks of stats is worth more? Jesus, fucking long question. Is worth more than the first four weeks. <laughs> Assuming that Armando is correct, then is Tom Brady's ADP undervaluing him? Because as of now, Brady's ADP probably only considers that he is missing four weeks, but it doesn't consider that those four weeks are the first four weeks. Thoughts? You couldn't have reworded the question. First of all, your first mistake, Ringo, um, is that you assumed Armando's correct. That's the first mistake. <laughs> uh, second mistake is it is a tiebreaker sort of situation um for me a guy that's going to be valuable at the end of the season awesome but you need to get to the playoffs first you need a strong roster at the beginning of the season to even make the playoffs and to make that push to get into the playoffs tom brady's a guy that i i am okay with where he's being drafted but if i can get a very similar type guy around that spot and not have to deal with the four-game suspension, that's great. Tom Brady is currently going as a 10th quarterback. You're not going to get a quarterback like Tom Brady. You know, Philip Rivers is not Tom Brady. Blake Bortles is not Tom Brady. Tony Romo is not like um, Tom Brady. If you are looking to win the championships, you take Tom Brady a little earlier than that and draft someone who can support you throughout the season. You're going to get Tom Brady. You can, you'll probably have a good roster around him because you'll get – a running back in that place where you would have t- have Tom Brady before. So you'll have Tom Brady to finish the season. You'll have some a good supporting cast to support your championship run. And the first three weeks are completely fluky. Everyone has a chance the first three weeks. I don't give a shit who your starting quarterback is. Everyone has a chance because everyone's just getting their feet ready for the season. So That's you'll so 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 you'll play Teddy Bridgewater then for the first four weeks because you don't give a fuck. Yeah, I didn't. So, I, didn't I, I didn't say that. I'm just saying. You you want to give your chance. You want to give yourself a good chance to win, but the first three weeks are completely fluky. Draft the best team you can, but if you get Tom Brady as as a tenth quarterback off the board, I think that's a steal. And which is why we've been saying, if you are going to go ahead and target Tom, uh, Tom Brady, make sure that you can go ahead and get a quarterback like Matthew Stafford or Matt Ryan towards the end of the draft, 
or, or possibly even after the draft if you're able yeah. to pick up waivers before the first week. Yes, I think Tom Brady's under undervalued. I think if you're going to get Tom Brady, you need to reach for him as his eighth quarterback off the board, in my opinion, not the tenth. So you would he's he's going right now um, on Fantasy Pros ADP one spot ahead of, ahead of Eli Manning. You'd rather have Tom Brady or Eli Manning? Eli Manning. Tom 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 Brady, hands down, no questions asked. Yeah, I'm I'm taking Eli in that spot. Not only do I think he's going to have very similar production, if not better production. Are you out um, of your mind? Oh my. Okay, it, putting this on the board. On Tom the board Brady, right points okay, per game. It. Tom Brady versus Eli Manning. Put it in pen. Go, Tom Brady. I'll take it. Eli Manning's going to have a career year. Tom Brady's 39 years old and suspended for the first yeah, four games. I do not want Tom Brady on my team. I don't want Eli Manning on my team. Okay. I don't mean that. I wouldn't mind if I had Eli Manning. But. <laughs> All right, Ringo, I hope that answers your question. Armando still feels passionately about Tom Brady. Uh, Brito would rather have Eli Manning, and I feel if you're going to take Tom Brady, make sure that you have another quarterback of pretty good value for the first four weeks, like a Matt Ryan or a Matthew Stafford or a Tyrod Taylor. Or a Kirk Cousins. Or a Kirk Cousins. uh, Or, I was going to say Ryan Tannehill, but not for the first two weeks. Or the 18 other quarterbacks in the NFL. It's very, very quarterback heavy. All right, moving on. Colorado Jay says, Hey, fellas, first-time commission of a half-point PPR redraft league with a six-player bench. I'm thinking of limiting the number of each position to avoid hoarding and hopefully upgrade trading and downgrade free agency. For instance, five maximum wide receivers or running backs of each. Two max of all the other positions. What do you guys think? He's he, he's saying this because in one of his leagues, he says that somebody drafted 15 running backs, which I don't understand why you would do that. And then he started demanding trades. He says that it pretty much killed his league. So ESPN I- has a limit to eight running backs on a roster. I think that's fair because you get you can have two running backs as your starters. You have a flex, and then you have your bench. That should be it. That should be your limit. You have your be- if you want to fill your bench up with all the running backs you want, go for it. I don't give a shit. But you can't. I think that should be your limit. Is just your bench and the yeah. starters. Exactly. Yeah. Your limit should be however many bench spots plus however many starting spots there are. Yeah. So if you can fill in three, like two running backs and a flex plus five bench spots, then your limit should be eight running backs. And you know what? Honestly, that guy last year, if he drafted all 15 running backs and he wanted to be a dick about it, no, everybody should just say no one trades with him unless the values are good because he's just being a dick. And then he's the one that screwed and everybody else and is And he probably only had like maybe four or five running backs that were actually worth it. Yeah, he probably so, cut half of them. By, and he probably had a, an illegal roster every week. So yeah. make sure that you set up your league to not have illegal rosters and you're fine. All right, next question comes from Jay. Well, a different Jay, I hope, unless Jay is using different names and just sneaking in all these questions for us. But uh, Jay says... We're on to you, Jay. We're on to you. (laughs) Jay says, at my job, we started a new 12-team redraft with the flex. He's saying he drafts third, and my mocks usually pick up Brady at 7.3 and Stafford or Ryan to fill the first four weeks. Just like we've been talking about. Look at that. This guy listens to the podcast. With Le'Veon Bell suspension, I'm thinking of moving Tom Brady to the 6th round around the 10th pick and then grabbing D'Angelo at the beginning of the 7th with my 3rd pick. Good move or reaching? In my opinion, you're staying away from D'Angelo Williams. I think everyone's overreaching for a 4-game span. Do not draft him. I think he's way over. He's a, he went in the 5th round with me and Rich on our uh, mock draft last week. I'm not touching that guy. He's not worth it. 4, yeah. four games? Fuck that. that. That's a little early, especially... you know we. I really hope that you don't draft in this league until at least the third week of the preseason because we're still waiting to see what's going to happen with Lev Bell. You know, um, you know, the Steelers think he's going to be playing week one. You don't want to have to use a, an, an early pick on D'Angelo Williams unless he's really going to be playing. 
I've been of the of, of the of the of the team that you know I'd, I'd rather not draft D'Angelo Williams and Le'Veon Bell, but it all depends on value at that point. It's it's all about um, replacement value, right? It doesn't have to be D'Angelo Williams. It's any running back that you think can start for the first four seasons. Exactly. If you can get first if you can four. get Justin Forsett late in the draft before he breaks down, or you get Rashad Jennings, any of those guys that you can get very late and are probably going to be serviceable for, serviceable for the first four weeks. That's fine. As far as Brady there, you know, back of the sixth round, start of the seventh, that's that's okay value. That's actually not terrible. I mean, I am not an ultra Brady hater. I, I believe I have him at 10, um, and that's even factoring in the suspension. So it's not like I'm, I just really like Eli Manning, which was the passionate discourse earlier, but I, I don't think that he's a bad value. He's going to be Tom Brady, which is – a pretty damn good fantasy quarterback when he plays. So if you get him in the seventh round, that I would do. As far as D'Angelo, don't reach for him. If you can get him in a good spot, you take him. Yeah, and seventh round, yeah. I mean, in the fifth and sixth round is where you're really going to see a lot of quarterbacks start being drafted. So if 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 you see that that, that Tom Brady is, is you know going to be the 10th or 11th quarterback off the board, you're going to want to grab him because at that point, he's probably not going to last another round. Yeah, I think where you've been drafting him in mocks, back of the sixth, start of the seventh, it's just fine. It's It's appropriate. All right, I'm not taking D'Angelo Williams in any leagues if he's going at anything earlier than a bench spot. Fair enough. All right, all right. And Bennett says I've been drafting QB tight end in round 12 or later. So he's been drafting quarterbacks and tight ends in the 12th round or later. The last few weeks I've been hitting a hurdle on tight ends. Most of my mocks are two tight ends that are being drafted per team. I used to target Gates, but he's going around seventh or eighth in most of my mocks as tight end ten. That's some pretty weird mocks there that you're doing. Um, but as a Patri- <laughs> as a Patriots fan, once Gates is gone, I pick up Bennett in the 14th or 15th round and then plan on streaming tight ends at that point. Fantasy data has moved Bennett's projection to 6 from 19. I'd like to see that, that projection there, Bennett. Uh, I have him projected 600 to 650 yards with 6 touchdowns. That puts him about the same as Antonio Gates. Your thoughts? I'm taking Antonio Gates over Bennett all day, if that's what you're asking. I think what he's asking is, where do we value... Um, Bennett, because other tight ends are being swallowed up and now he feels like Gates is going too early. Um, if you think guys are being swallowed up too early, here's a list of guys that you can get pretty late that I think will have a valuable season, okay? Dwayne Allen, going very late, yep. will be a touchdown guy. Zach Miller in that offense, um, especially if anything happens to Alshon Jeffrey, uh, should be pretty good. Um, <clears throat> we will see what happens in New York. If they end up implementing one tight end, whether it's Will Ty or Larry Donnell, either one of those guys, I think it might be Ty, but I, I know Donnell is number one on the depth chart right now. Whichever ends up being the first starting tight end probably will have value. And, um, you know, <clears throat> if you want to take Bennett, I think he's okay, but I just I think I'd rather have other guys, particularly guys like Dwayne Allen and guys like um, uh, Zach Miller. And if you can get late, Eric Ebron, that's probably my favorite right now, later, you know, top half of the second tier, tight, not second tier, but uh, number two tight ends outside of your top 12 tight ends that I think could very easily finish, you know, as a top 10 or top eight tight end. Even Jordan Cameron, Adam Gase has tight ends. I think Jordan Cameron or the other guy could be really, really good. I'd rather have most of those guys over Martellus Bennett because Bennett, I think, is just going to be... 
what, the fifth target in that offense? <laughs> Behind Gronk, Edelman. Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis, Chris Hogan, and then Martellus Bennett. Yeah, so I don't think I want Martellus Bennett in that but, offense. But if you draft Gronk, I would... This is an interesting conversation. Would you take Martellus Bennett as a handcuff? No, you don't yeah, need a handcuff. I don't think so. Gronkowski. I mean, last well, there was an argument last year going around that you want to handcuff Gronk just because you're investing so much on him, and Martellus Bennett is a clear handcuff. Yeah, I, I'm not sure there's really handcuffs for pass catchers, to be honest. For it Gronk, tends to be... Gronk is an exception in every for everything. He's an exception. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, Martellus Bennett is is fine where he's going, but definitely not a guy that I would reach on. All right, mm-hmm. moving on then. Big D three four three has a keeper question. Uh, he's plays in a half point PPR. He wants to know: Would you keep Alan Hearns or Delaney Walker? Walker. Mm-hmm. There aren't many. T- if you're draft, if you can keep a tight end, the other tight ends above him. There's not going to be any available. Walker's amazing. Yeah, He's my number three ranked tight end. We're kind of missing a little bit of information here. I mean, I'm expecting that Delaney Walker was drafted pretty late last year, if drafted at all. So you're probably keeping him in, in one of the last rounds of your league. In which case, yeah, I would go with Delaney Walker. I'd actually I mean, probably go other, Delaney Walker no matter what. Yeah, there's other wide receivers that can you can get instead of Hearns. But there's Olsen, Reed, and Gronk that I would rather have over Delaney Walker. And those guys might be kept depending on your format. So I would keep Walker. So I would keep Walker in all formats except for if it's three wide receivers starting. So not two wide receivers and a flex, but if it's three wide receivers starting because you have a position scarcity, and that situation is the only situation in which I would keep Hearns. Yeah, yeah pretty much. What, yeah, don't keep Hearns. We got another PPR question here from trip 3 Adion. says, would you keep Deion Lewis or Arian Foster in PPR? Well, Lewis right take, now. Would you so, take Lewis or Foster? It wasn't a keeper question. Oh, okay. I would rather keep Lewis right now, just because we don't know what the fuck is going on in Miami. You know, third week into the preseason, preseason I'll, might change it to Foster if he's a starting running back. But right now, Lewis is there. I'm taking him. Yeah. That's, yep. That's exactly. I, I'll go right. with Lewis as well. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on. Then Viet wants to know what's. This is a weird question. He wants to know what the requirements are to trade for Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, or Odell Beckham. Um, so the requirements to trade, I guess, for a top three pick is typically the next two rounds. So your second and third round guy. So give me a second round player, Mike Evans and Mike Evans Eddie Lacy. And, yeah. Something like that. In my, so to argue, guys, I mean, there's an exception. It depends on what your preference is. I prefer AJ Green over Julio Jones. So I would just do one of those straight up or even DeAndre Hopkins for Julio Jones. Um, and maybe even a number one running back. So it just depends on your preference of wide receivers because there's five guys there that are pretty much a wash all the way down, in my opinion. Yeah, good luck. Honestly, good, good luck getting anybody, any of those guys without overpaying for it, to be honest with you. You're probably going to have to overpay in any of these situations unless it's a guy who, you know, let's say you're in a keeper league because this is a very uh, not informative question, but if you're in a keeper league and I know that Armando has – Julio Jones for some reason, and he doesn't like him, um, and I think I can get some value in a trade, uh, then that's a situation where I would draft. But for most of these guys, you're going to have to end up overpaying, so just keep the value because for most of these guys, the value is a second and a third type round guy, and I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Would, right. would you do would you do Gronk for any of those guys? No, right? That's a stupid question. 
I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather have any of those guys. I'm sorry. Let's kick me off now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. we got a few more left. Dan is the man, wants to know, why does every expert, and he puts expert in quotations, in the world have Matt Forte ranked so low? He's not looking for a crutch argument like he's on a new team or anything. Uh, All right. This is simple. Okay. Ready? Okay. He is set to split carries with Bilal Powell. That is one. Two, he's injured. Three, he's over 30 years old. Wait, four, he's on a new team. Four, he's on a new team. That's what I was going to say, <laughs> except I read in the email afterwards, not a crutch argument like on a new team. <laughs> well, it wasn't a crutch. Um, it was your fourth leg on that one. All right. So I kind of, I'm kind of one of the guys that actually like Matt Forte. Um, I think he's a great running back. He's has doesn't have a lot of wear and tear because he catches the ball more out of the backfield than he did run between tackles. Um, he has, I mean, I know he's going to split ta- split carries. If that is true, when we see preseason, then yeah, I'll move him down. But right now, I don't see him slowing down at all. I have him as my number twelve tight um, running back, so I don't see him slowing down personally. I don't feel like a new team's going to change anything. I like Matt Forte as a he's a fantastic number two running back, not a starter, of course, but a great number two running back. All right, next question comes from the Lamar bro. He wants to know realistic expectations for Josh Gordon. What round would you draft him in a 12-team standard league? I think we pretty much already touched on this one here. You're, you're going to have Josh Gordon for maybe seven or eight quality games this season after the suspension. Um, you, what do you guys think? I think Josh Gordon should be looked at after the eighth round and no sooner. And for me, there's always going to be that one guy that's willing to take him earlier than that. So he's probably not going to end up on any of my teams. I think he will be a just fine type of wide receiver once he comes back. A pretty good um, play week to week. I don't think he's going to be the number one type wide receiver. I I think those days for Josh Gordon is gone. But I still think he's a talented wide receiver. um, And that he probably does still have a connection with RG3. Uh, You know. He went to college together, by the way. Yep. You're very excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) They went to college together. (laughs) (laughs) They were best friends. People, let me tell you about my best friend. I don't know. Yeah, we're definitely cutting that, right? (laughs) I know. We're leaving that in the... I'm sorry. All right. So, I mean, he's fine. I think he's he should be a ninth round draft pick, but he will go in like the sixth or seventh round, and I don't want him there. I guess it depends on your roster construction, in my opinion. I mean, the mock draft me and Richard did the other day, I wouldn't... I won't be opposed if we took him because we took two running backs back-to-back and he does have the potential to be a number one wide receiver, which we seriously lacked with Kellen Benjamin as number one. So if your roster construction consists of more running backs, then okay, take Josh Gordon as a flyer, possibly coming into your number one role, maybe. So it all depends on the roster construction. But, yeah, I agree with Brito for the most part. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. true. I mean, if, if you need that home run guy, ah, you, you stop talking first. If you need that home run kind of guy on your bench, then, then definitely. All right, you can go ahead now. If you've already got your wide receiver starters and he's a bench guy, yeah. But that's exactly what I mean. Typically, you don't have your all your starters in place um, until at least the 6th or 7th round. And there's just guys that are willing to take him as a flex. And I'm not just because you're not sure what's going to happen there. All right. Next question comes from M. Dries, LOL. He says, just listening to the podcast, rank these three. Julio Jones, OBJ, and Ezekiel Elliott. At least for me, you, you, you pretty much already ranked them there. Julio Jones, OBJ, and then Ezekiel Elliott for me. Exactly the same for me. I'll put Ezekiel over OBJ. So Ezekiel, Julio, Ezekiel, then OBJ for you? Yeah, I'm not a. 
I feel like there's too many things going on in um, the Giants right now. They got Victor Cruz coming back, Sterling Shepard, Odell Beckham. I know he's amazing, but you know I'll just take Ezekiel. You know he's going to run the ball. Well, Odell Beckham, he does have a few a few pretty tough games this year. I mean, he's playing against Josh Norman twice exactly. and, uh, and a couple of other okay. Pro Bowl okay. caliber corners. corners I just so. I just want to say, Josh Norman is overrated. We'll find out. Yeah, we will. <laughs> <laughs> Just needed to quickly add that because uh, about last week, something happened where uh, Patrick Peterson made some sort of comment and then Josh Norman was like, step off or whatever. Dude, Patrick Peterson is so much better than you. Please stop. We're never going to get Norman on the show now. Thanks a lot (laughs) for that. No longer friend of the the podcast, uh, Josh Norman. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And final question comes from Cody Ray 107. He wants to know when would you take Jeremy Langford in a standard league. The answer is you don't. Oh my God! If you, okay, if everybody's listening to Armando's um, pretty much opinions on all these players, you pretty much are gonna have an empty. You're gonna have an empty roster on your team. Look, right now they're gonna play hot hand, is what they announced. Kadeem Carey's going way, 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 way later. Not, not even draftable right now. I'd rather take Kadeem Carey, who could end up being the, the running back by week one. Um, over Jeremy Langford. You're not taking Jeremy Langford. He's going as a number two running back. I, I'd rather take Kadeem Carey if you're looking at a Giants running back. You shouldn't be, but if you are, look at Kadeem Carey as your last pick in the draft. Okay, for me, I would take him in the sixth round at the earliest because I'm going to go ahead and try to shore up two better running backs with one of my first four picks and then two wide receivers and then probably go for a quarterback in the fifth round and then and, I'll and consider shoring up the, the flex spot. And if Jeremy Langford's there in the sixth round, I've got no problem taking him there. Everyone needs someone to cut, and Jeremy Langford's the guy you're going to cut. Okay, um, I'm going to go on the <laughs> other end of this. Jeremy Langford was inefficient last year in every way except for fantasy points. And the game that we play is fantasy football. Um, in real life, yes, he had a low yards per carry. We've seen guys have terrible yards per carry in their rookie year and have tremendous second years like Le'Veon Bell, like Devonta Freeman. Like so, Melvin Gordon, I'm seeing the future. <clears throat> Yeah, you hope. <laughs> so, I think what's been happening with Jeremy Langford is too much depreciation of value. For me, I think he's very well worth a fifth-round pick. Um, if that's your second running back, I feel okay with it. Especially if you have an elite first running back and he's your number two. I'm feeling pretty confident with that. And I'd actually rather have Jeremy Langford than the guy that used to be in Chicago, Matt Forte. Agreed. Put it on the board. Uh, don't say that. Um, Armando, put stop it in pen. I, doing I, that. I'm trying to get them on the show, guys. Come on. maybe they... <laughs> We're going to fucking get a cease and desist order. <laughs> <laughs> We've had discussions with Armando to stop doing that. Stop doing that, Armando. <laughs> All right. So, Jamie Langford finishes below Matt Forte per game basis. Put it in pen. Not go. I'm not doing a per game basis. Matt Forte is gonna get hurt at some point no, this year. No, okay, okay. Matt Forte or Mary, Jamie Langford all season. Do it. Say it. Do it. Do it. Say it. Yeah, Say I'll it. do that do too. All right, that's two. Wait, that's two you're for me. T- which which side are you taking? I'm taking Jeremy yeah, Langford. We're, we're, oh, okay. All right, yeah, I'm taking Langford too. I just called you Dale. I'm really bad with names. I'm Dale. my mom. Dale. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, Brito, bring us home. All right, we've got we've got one last question actually. I think you missed him at the bottom from Dan. All right. Well, Dan Billingsley, he is at Dan Billingsley. 
he gave us a little scenario here. He's in a 12-team league, half-point PPR, where quarterbacks get six passing touchdowns. He can keep players forever with no penalty. He's drafting second in a snake draft, and he has eight bench spots. He wants to know, when would you lock up a quarterback? Round one. No, Armando's not serious. I'm dead um, serious. Round three is a good start starting point. Yeah, definitely. It, okay, look, we are currently in a keeper league altogether, all four of us. And there have been two players that have not moved in our five years of existence. And those two players are Aaron Rodgers and Adrian Peterson. Cam Newton came into the year, came in midway through our, our thing. So, obviously, he's the only other guy we can keep. Andrew Luck did as well. You take Aaron Rodgers, you take Andrew Luck, maybe Andrew Luck, Cam Newton in the first round. In my opinion, you sure up your future with a quarterback. It's the same thing in the NFL. You get a good quarterback that will be there the entire way you play football. And in my opinion, you 100% take an elite wide receiver, especially a young one, in that first round, yep. and you don't nope. even look at a quarterback till later. In a keeper league, is completely different. I, I mean, maybe you get Julio Jones, but if you can get Aaron Rodgers, you fucking take. I think I would Aaron. take Odell Beckham as one of my top, if not my top player, in a in this type of format. Yeah. If, you're if I was drafting second in the snake draft, I would definitely want Odell. He's yeah. the youngest wide receiver that's in that elite group. You can keep him forever with no penalty. I Dan, think I would take him. in five years, I want you to tell me who still has their keepers. Okay, Texas Slater. Five years from now. Armando's phone number is... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brito, now bring us home. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter... You can find us at EatSleepFF. Please, guys, if you enjoy what you're listening to, only that stipulation. If you don't, don't listen to this next part. Head on over to iTunes. Give us a review. Uh, we really would like your, your feedback on there. It helps our uh, you know, our numbers and stuff. So, <clears throat> um, Just say you, guys you love Armando. Any- Just say you love Armando on the review. Listen, interview. I'm okay with you saying that in the review. Because we all love Armando. I don't know, man. I think Armando's losing a little bit of stock. What? You know what? what? You're being replaced by the intern. I'm going to call it now. Oh, yeah. Intern Crespo is now the new name. (laughs) No, what? No, 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 it's not. (laughs) I don't want stock in this company. We'll have a Twitter vote. (laughs) Yeah. Part-time Crespo. We have a Twitter vote for everything, like we did with the um, Muy Importante... And the uh, it doesn't matter. That was a really close vote, which leads me to believe that you guys didn't like it. And then it ended up being 58% loved it and 42% hated it. But if 42% of your audience hates something, you get rid of it. <laughs> Unless you're in America and you're running for president. Okay, thanks, oh. edgy teenager. <laughs> <laughs> good lord. All right, guys. All right, good night. Good night. Good night, everyone. Don't do drugs. And we like to play till the sun go down. Yeah, we like to play till the sun go down. Then we take that town. Then we take that town.